Welcome to Native Talk Arizona, presented by Native Health and Radio Phoenix. I'm host Lanasha Pwadi. Later in the show, I'll chat with Amy Dill and Lauren Anthony about Chij Forche, providing free firewood for high-risk elders on the Navajo Nation. On the phone with me is Michael John, owner of Navajo Mics. Welcome to our show, Michael. Hello, thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm 32 years old. I live here in Tempe, Arizona, uh, born and raised here. Uh, yeah, and I'm a new dad, so I have a nine, uh, eight year, eight month old dad. Yeah, still new to me. <laughs> oh, wow, that's awesome. Congratulations. And it's a pleasure to Thank have you. you today. Uh, so to get started, can you tell us more about your Navajo mics? Yeah, definitely. Um, so during the pandemic, you know, I, I've worked in restaurants for, you know, 15, 20 years now. And, you know, after I lost my job, I didn't have anything. So we just sat around and I've always talked about how, you know, making barbecue sauce uh, with prickly pears just because I haven't seen it before. And, you know, I had all this time now. And so, yeah, I just started it up and within two batches, I made a pretty solid, you know, ingredients and recipes to make what I have now. And yeah, I just been bringing it, giving it to friends and family members and slowly growing from there to what it is now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And how did you learn how to make barbecue sauce? I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been in kitchens for, you know, a lot, a lot of years, so Learning, I've learned everything in kitchens, you know, being a chef and everything like that. I just, you know, it's one of the things I know the basics of. And then I kind of put a little spin on it. And then the whole smoked prickly pears was kind of the new thing I did. So, and it worked out great. It, it, you know, it's a beautiful taste. So, And what do you enjoy most about working in the food business? Uh, just customers, uh, you know, just being able to bring beautiful food to people you know, coming out to have a go, good time to escape whatever they wanted to do or, you know, a date or whatever. And, you know, just cooking food in general, it's just it's passion. And yeah, I just, uh, I love everything about it. Okay, perfect. And I know uh, your barbecue sauce, we are incorporating in our indigenous food boxes. So I wanted to know what, yeah. I know you have other flavor of barbecue sauce. Can you tell us more about your other flavors? Yeah, so I have the original, which is smoked prickly pear. Um, that's the original. And then we have Skinwalker style, which also has smoked prickly pears, but it also has a, a kick to it. It's got ghost peppers and more darker flavors like chipotles and, you know, other dark uh, peppers I have in there. It's really good if you like heat. And then I have uh, Skoden Golden Sauce, and that's a mustard-based barbecue sauce, and that one we, I mean, it's really good on anything, but mostly chicken and like pork products. That's definitely going to be the, the kicker there. Oh, wow. And your barbecue sauce, you incorporate um, traditional ingredients. Do you compete in any barbecue competitions? No, I mean, I, like this is still just over a year old. And I didn't really know that like the barbecue game in general, I'm not crazy into. So I didn't know what contests were out there or, you know, what, what's all going on. So I didn't see, I just saw that the Kansas city has a very big uh, barbecue contest and I want to go this year. I have to double check what, when it is, but no, I definitely want to definitely want to start competing in all these barbecue contests that I've seen. So soon. Well, speaking about competitions and I know you mentioned you just started just a year ago, but do you, do you um, do any barbecue pit masters use your sauce or is that a goal of yours that you would want in the future? Uh, definitely a goal. I mean, right now I have, I just have some places that are selling it that are, you know, I have the native art market in Old Town Scottsdale. And then I have a gallery in Mancus, Colorado that sells. And I have, uh, there's a place in Wyoming Douglas, Wyoming, and I, a convenience store. But to get in the restaurants, I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. But where I'm currently working at, uh, it's in downtown Tempe. It's Sun Bar. Uh, we are actually soon, hopefully, we're going to incorporate my sauce into the menu because we're going to hopefully be doing 
you know, briskets and ribs and stuff like that. I mean, it's to be determined yet, but I mean, that's so far what I have. But I definitely would like to get it somewhere else too, like in as many places as I could. Oh, wow. That would be great. And do you plan on expanding your product line, maybe going into spices or anything else? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to do like dry rubs, different different dry rubs. I mean, I've even thought about doing hot sauces. I think hot sauces would be very cool to do. Um, kind of make a, you, know, you can do smoke, you know, crispy pear style hot sauces or, or in different varieties. You know, I I definitely want to do a lot more than just, you know, the barbecue sauces. And do you have any uh, favorite story about your barbecue sauce that you would like to share with us? I mean, nothing. I don't have anything too crazy. I just, there, I mean, the one thing I loved is, you know, doing it for the native health. Uh, these, you know, three, three fifty bottles that I had to get going. That was, that was really exciting. I mean, I had four days of, you know, just all day, all night, just bottling, making sauces, the whole, you know, the whole restaurant just smelled <laughs> barbecue. It was, that's all it smelled like. <laughs> and what does your production line look like for making your barbecue sauce? Do you do it at home or do you have a specific facility that you, um, do your barbecue sauces? I have a facility, uh, the restaurant I work at, the owner has been very gracious and, you know, the days that were closed, I can go in and make however many batches of sauce. So I have it in, you know, a commercial restaurant that I get to do it in, but yeah, it's just me. I mean, I just, I put everything together and then I bottle everything by hand, label everything by hand, everything. Just, yeah. One man show. <laughs> I know you mentioned, um, you are not new to the food industry. Do you plan on maybe providing recipes on how people can utilize your barbecue sauce? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I do cooking videos on the side just, just because, I, I mean, this is what I do. <laughs> I love cooking. But, yeah, I definitely want to start getting into making recipes and doing, like, how-to more cooking videos on, oh, let's do, you know, ribs and how I do these certain ribs and how I cook them and what goes good with them on sides, what complements them and, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. And then, you know, with Skinwalker sauce, it's really good with fried chicken and it's good on burgers and making all these recipes. So, you know, people can experience what I think goes really well with them. I definitely would like to do that in the future. Oh, wow. That would be great. And what lessons have you learned on this journey? Cause I know you mentioned all of this was fairly new to you. You'd started it just a year ago. Do you have any advice or um, anything you would like to share to our listeners who maybe are in the same situation of having an idea of starting something in the food industry, whether it be like a product, an ingredient, or maybe even a sauce as well? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, what I would say would, if you have an idea and you're confident in it, I, I say go for it. You start looking into it, you know, start seeing what money needs to be saved, what you need to cut out of your life to make sure you can have money to get this going. I mean, just take that leap. That's the one thing I'd say. Like I sat there and I had one opportunity to get this going without, you know, cause not having a job. So I was just like, all right, let's go full force into this. And I put all my time and effort and, you know, all this stuff into it and yeah, consistency, go for it, jump for it, you know, see what you can get. Don't, don't just sit around and think about it. Just definitely go out and do it. And was there any motivators or anybody that motivated you to take a leap in doing um, your own barbecue sauce? Yeah, I mean, my daughter, that, that was definitely a big one. You know, when we found out that we were going to have her, uh, it definitely pushed me. It definitely pushed me to uh, get this going because, I mean, like I said, I've had this idea for maybe two years now, three years, and I would sit there and talk you know, at one of the restaurants I'd have with other employees just saying what I would do. And it, that's what it was. It was just a lot of talking. But, you know, once found out that I was going to be a dad and I had this little opportunity to do it, I was just like, all right, this is it. Let's go for it. So, yeah, definitely my daughter. <laughs> and can you share with us um, why you feel your barbecue sauce and your product line is important to you, your culture? And is this something you would pass on to your daughter? Yes, definitely. I want to keep this going, you know, for past, 
my time, you know, I'd love to give it to my daughter if I have any other kids or, you know, anything like that. I, I definitely want to keep going. Um, yeah, the one thing, too, that was really cool that I liked was that uh, during the pandemic, what we did was for every bottle we sold, we gave a percentage to a nonprofit on the Navajo, uh, on Navajo Nation to help with COVID over there. So, I mean, giving back to the community, especially to like the Navajo Nation, that's that's definitely what I want to do. So if this eventually does go and blow up to where I want it to go, you know, I can continue to do that and to help, you know, our community, our people, people especially people on the, you know, the Navajo Nation, you, can, you know, I, that's what I want to do. Essentially, that's what I want to do. And if this gets big to where I want it, that's what I can do. And then, you know, passing it on for people to keep helping out, That's that would be perfect. Oh, yeah, that is great. Thank you for sharing that, Michael. And I know um, I can let our listeners know they could actually have a chance to sample your barbecue sauce as as well as join one of your cooking demos on how to utilize your barbecue sauce coming up in December. So keep a lookout on our Facebook page for that. Um, But, Michael, I would like to ask you, where can someone go to learn more about Navajo Mics and your other work? And how can someone contact you if they have further questions? Yeah. So you can go to our website, NavajoMikes.com. Or you can go Facebook, Instagram, at Navajo Mikes Barbecue, BBQ. Uh, You can reach me on all social media platforms with that. yeah, and then, I mean, like I said, locally here in Scottsdale, Native Art Market, they sell they sell uh, the barbecue sauce over there. Um, but yeah, just hit me up any social platforms or on my website or at uh, Navajo Mike's BBQ at Gmail if you want to email me. Definitely get in touch. If you have any more questions of anything, I'm definitely I'm here. So, yeah. Well, I would like to thank you, Michael, for taking time out to talk to us today to tell us more about your barbecue sauce. And we also look forward to sharing it with everyone else in our Indigenous food boxes and our upcoming virtual class. Thank you so much for having me. It was was a pleasure. Coming up, I'll talk to Amy Deal and Lauren Anthony about Chij for Che. Support for Radio Phoenix comes in part from Native Health located at 4041 North Central Avenue, Building C, near the corner of Central Avenue and Indian School Road in Phoenix, and located in Mesa at 777 West Southern Avenue, near the corner of Southern Avenue and Extension Road. Native Health provides primary medical, dental, behavioral health, WIC, and wellness services for the urban Native American community. For more information, call 602-279-5262 or visit our webpage at nativehealthphoenix.org. Native Talk Arizona returns after this break. You are listening to Mighty by Jace Martin. Welcome back to Native Talk Arizona, presented by Native Health and Radio Phoenix. I'm host Lanasha Puati. On the phone with me are Amy Deal, founder of Four Kinship, and Lauren Anthony, professional actor, who are here to talk to us about Chij for Che. Welcome to our show, guys. Hey, hey. good to see you. Are here, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Well, uh, thank you for having me and Amy here on your show. Um, my name is Lauren Anthony. I am a Navajo from the Navajo Nation, coming from the Cheska Mountains, which is north of Gallup. That's where I grew up. Uh, grew up just like many other of our Navajo people, 
uh, having an awesome res life, but also not really understanding the whole lot of the struggles growing up, you know, the lack of things until you get older and you realize like there's some things missing here. Um, I, I am an actor, like you did mention. I usually like to say that at the last of anything because I really want people to know me for the uh, community work I've done, the advocacy I've done for youth, the implementations of strengthening our communities, our people, and then primarily working with our elders and making sure they're warm during the winter with Chishwache. And Chishwache uh, started way, 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 way back. Um, it was a drunk idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, my friend Wes and I, uh, we were drinking and we thought it'd be really cool to like go out and drop uh, chop firewood, deliver it to elders for free and just drive away and not say anything. <laughs> that was that was how it kind of started, but it kind of started pre pre before that because uh, I remember stories of my uncles telling me that they used to help out a certain family member in the community of of uh, Greasewood, Arizona, and they would uh, select this family for groceries or firewood, but it wouldn't be like every day, like how we're doing Chish for Chase every day. Um, and um, I always thought that was really cool. Like I heard, I heard stories, but I never seen it in my lifetime. So, you know, after that um, drunken night with my friend Wes, we were too hungover to do anything about it the next day. But as I started working on my sobriety and becoming sober, because I also knew I had a lot more potential in being a, being a productive individual, um, especially a native man, um, you know, realizing there's a lack of, of warriors out there that aren't picking up their end and making things come together. So I really felt like that was always calling to me to, to go out there and do something like that. So uh, I say about maybe a good three years later from that drunken night, um, I decided, you know, I just need to go out there and do it. I just need to go out there and try to do this calling that's that's telling me to go uh, chop firewood for elders. And um, we actually came up with the name that night, that drunken night. We said, we'll call it Chish for Che. <laughs> <laughs> and and so uh it just rolled off the tongue easy you know it's it's not discriminatory towards the the grandmas the masonas it's uh it's just chis for che off the tongue a lot cooler um but um that first uh first three years of my sobriety i worked on doing 30 loads for 30 families and just went out there with an axe and chainsaw and just did it all by myself. I didn't post about it, didn't say anything about it, mainly because I felt like it was, um, uh, you know, part of my own recovery, part, part of me doing something, trying to get over myself a lot because, you know, as, as an addict, we're very selfish. We're very, you know, manipulative. We try to, you know, bend stories and make it make it about us and, and stuff like that. So I really had to work towards that. And um, a lot of my friends were noticing I was gone, noticing I wasn't around. Uh, then they realized I was out Hollywood and getting all buff again and stuff. And so uh, a lot of it, you know, really came together with sobriety as well, too. So um, Tish for Che is what what it is and if if you uh never heard of chish for che it's navajo um chish meaning firewood in navajo um main primarily wood and then forest four and then the uh, che part is your um your maternal grandfather so mm-hmm. in the clanships you know you have um your mom's mom and dad's clan then you have your both your dad's clans of your parents. So that's how um, we would introduce ourselves and then also acknowledge where we're from because the clanships also have stories, they have um, origins, they have songs, they have prayers and all kinds of things that are tied into that. So, um, you know, a lot of uh, non-natives, they have these different ancestry type things you would take and swab out whatever and then you figure out, oh, well, I'm this percent, blah, blah, blah. But for Navajos, if you know your clanships, then you, you get an idea of where you where you come from, the area, the location, the identity, and also like how many relatives you have. Um, you know, I lost both my grandparents uh, years ago, and you know, even though they're gone, I still have tons of other grandmas that I can that I can claim, and a lot of them that I can claim are also part of my same clanship. So that um bloodline is still there and 
a lot of that um, teaching is still there. So with all of those that are, that are coming in as far as like our clanships, it's also a part of that, which is the relations because, you know, not everybody will primarily be related, but, you know, probably cousins too. So there's a lot of that that comes into play. So we got to look out for one another, try to show love, compassion to what we're doing. Um, and I think that's one of the big things about what we do with Chish for Che is because we're not, I, I personally, I'm not about posting everything um, because a lot of that, you know, is uh, how I grew up too. And I, I just see the respect in that and, and making sure that what we're doing is, you know, we're, we're, we could say like, oh, well, we saved this person last night. We saved this person last week. You know, and that there's, there's some groups that do that sometimes, you know, and you kind of see the difference and how that turns out for people. But for us, you know, we're about just making sure people are going to be okay, especially our elders, because they're the most forgotten at these times, um, especially with the pandemic. Um, they just really isolated our elders even more. So it's a, it's quite a task. And, and um, also, I'm one of those Navajos. You never give a microphone to because I'll talk and <laughs> talk and talk. <laughs> oh, no worries. Oh. Thank you for sharing that, Lauren. Yeah, I think Lauren just answered like most of the questions <laughs> the interview. Um, so I'm just going to introduce myself. I'm Amy Danette Deal. Um, I'm actually probably Lauren's biggest super fan. I think the work he does is simply spectacular and leading with his heart, being a true warrior for people. So I have a little brand called For Kinship based in Albuquerque that does upcycle textiles. But uh, we just want to use that platform and use our social media and use our connects in the industry to do anything we can to just raise funding to help Lauren pay for his gas money, Lauren, you know, with all the repairs that need to happen with cars and trucks and things is in any way we can help lighten that load for him so he can just go do the really hard work, you know, and the hard work is organizing large scale mutual aid efforts across 27,000 square miles of Navajo Nation to assure our elders are taken care of. So, you know, we're doing anything we can and we just want this interview to really be talking about what we can all do together as relatives to support Lauren in the work he does because, you know, he needs us all behind him. Oh, definitely. And how did the uh, collaboration start between the both of you, between uh, For Kinship and Chish For Che? I think we were both, Lauren, I think it was like last year, we both kind of bumped into each other during different mutual aid work we were doing during the pandemic. Um, and I, of course, I'd followed because he's he's such a an Instagram superstar with his Lauren Anthony Instagram. I was like just fascinated following him and his career because he's just doing such amazing creative work um, in addition to the mutual aid work. So, yeah, like I said, I was a hardcore super fan probably before I'd even got to work with him in this capacity. He's just amazing. And, and Lauren, how has the pandemic pandemic affected Chiz for Che, or has it affected it in any way? I think uh, the pandemic highlighted a lot of organizations like Chiz for Che, um, and uh, you know we, we've um, been around for ten years, and a lot of people are barely finding out about us, which is good too. Um, and again, also like we're not trying to like force things out there to you know where <clears throat> i don't know it's kind of like it was it kind of goes back into like um mentioning about not posting everything uh, you know in the past it's because like there's there's a there's a lot of people in need yes but then there's also people who also want freebies all the time and you know that's kind of an unfortunate thing but it is the it is the truth it is a fact that 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 does happen you post something out there like Cause I don't know natives, you know, my, my people, I love them, but they're also the type where we, we do anything for a free t-shirt <laughs> and, and we'll go, we'll do these crazy marathons. I've seen people do that. I've seen people do all these no nutty stuff too. But, um, you know, with that, like we tried not to really promote all that in a way to where, um, 
we're not we're not just doing a free thing because Church for Trade, yes, it's free for elders, but it's very demanding everything else. Um, like Amy mentioned, you know, our fuel costs is probably the highest it's ever been throughout the years because the gas prices are so crazy. Um, and then things going on with like taxing our bodies, like our bodies are so damaged, you know, because we we're normally we're normally a um, seasonal group. So um, our season usually is from late July until March. So that's kind of our our normal season. So 2019, we had our season going and everything was, was doing what we need to do. And we, we've had small goals um, in the past where it was like 30 loads for 30 families. Then we went to 80 loads for 80 families. And that was our thing for a little bit. And then we started branching out a little more and it went up to like 150, then 190. And at that point, you know, that was that was what we we're doing. And we never thought we... Um, grind and hustle to the max that we're at now because um when uh the season ended in 2019 for march that which ended in 2020 that's when the pandemic hit and so we never stopped our season it just bled right in and we start we started grinding because we already knew that there wasn't going to be any resources we already knew that there wasn't going to be any help and for us, we already have that connection with the community. We already have the connection with the resources, the elders, and who can do what and who, who can do whatever and help us or help out other people. So we became this um, uh, resource and connecting things to make sure they happen. So we jumped right into the mutual aid stuff, um, uh, organizing, having a place where we can have trucks come in and bring food for distribution and we were doing like 700 food boxes every week with water supplies and we were getting them out to the rural areas, like the really rural areas, the parts where like there, there's no roads, um, grandmas and grandpas have no vehicles to come to these other distribution sites that the tribe was having. And we were just focusing on all the stuff that, you know, um, a lot of our leaders were forgetting about. So uh, we did that for about 16 weeks. And at the same time, we're still working on firewood because we also knew that this pandemic thing wasn't going to end. Um, you look at history, you look at how things go in a timeline. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, two to three years of this. So there's still a lot of lack of infrastructure on the Navajo Nation. We're still dealing with a lot of these pre-pandemic and post-pandemic issues today. Um, See, so there's still a lot of lack of resources. Um, and so um, the pandemic, you know, for us, um, highlighted Chishwache because, you know, we were the first to be out there. We were the first to still go and, and be out there. And you look at all of these little nonprofits that popped up and made their millions of dollars in the beginning of the pandemic, and now they're not here anymore. So we look at that too. And so um, it, it just surprises me how things work in pandemic things because a lot of people create opportunities out of them. And um, and it's very sad that that, ha that has happened to quite a bit of our people, especially good hearted people that wanted to like donate and, and help, you know, make things good in a way to where they're thinking they're helping out our people or helping out a situation. Um, but you know, for us, um, we, we, um, used everything we could and every resources possible to really make sure that our elders were fed. They had water, they had, you know heating sources of some point um we even did home repairs on a lot of places too and and uh, with that like it was all um accountability really because you know like amy was mentioning you know social media stuff uh with instagram like i really like to create the whole day-to-day -day timeline and also like this the challenges and the struggles but also the fun stuff because we have a lot of fun when we're, we're doing <laughs> We have, a, we have a good time. We have an awesome time. And that's a, a big difference between everything else we're doing because, like, pandemic, you know, it makes people sad. And for us, it's like, you know, this is an opportunity to, you know, save people, to give, give as much joy back and ha and happiness and, and show that warmth. And so that's what we've been doing. And so um, I think, you know, with the pandemic, just really highlighted Chish for Chay in so many ways because it showed what can be done.
um, you look at how much we've done. I mean, even just 700 food boxes in one week is, um, it, I think is awesome. Um, but to do it for 16 weeks, you know, that's even more. And we're still doing food boxes, just not as much as before because we're really focused on the firewood. But you also look at the numbers for last year with firewood, 1,700 loads of firewood last year. And that's more than any in-law ever. <laughs> I think I think Lawrence being actually a little bit humble right here because I think we need to actually talk about what those numbers mean mm -hmm. on what you know this leader has brought to Navajo Nation. In 2020, Lauren delivered 1,700 loads of firewood. You know, all done through self-funding, through some you know a little bit of grant money, but for the most part, really just making this happen for our people. That equates to around a half a million dollars if you look at the price of what firewood goes for. A half a million of dollars of firewood was delivered in 2020 by this team. And I think that's truly astounding. Um, in addition to that firewood, it was around 112,000 food boxes they distributed through the COVID pandemic. And that's just exceptional. That's just exceptional that wasn't like a bunch of money showered down on it it's just a bunch of friends and family got together and actually had this love for people and made this happen we'll return to our conversation with amy deal and lauren anthony support for radio phoenix comes in part from native health located at 4041 north central avenue building c near the corner of central avenue and indian school road in phoenix and located in Mesa at 777 West Southern Avenue, near the corner of Southern Avenue and Extension Road. COVID vaccinations and testing are available at both locations for anyone over the age of five. Register on our website at nativehealthphoenix.org or for more information, call 602-279-5262. Native Talk Arizona returns after this break. You are listening to Super Nation by Vince Fontaine's Indian City. Oh, wow, that is amazing. And thank you for sharing all of that, Lauren, as well. And how do you keep up with the demand? I know you mentioned that you serve so many families uh, throughout the year, throughout the month, and basically your resources are minimal and you provide way more than just firewood. How do you keep up with the demand? <laughs> I think that's the magic question everybody asks. Is. You, you get to a point where this becomes addicting in itself. <laughs> like like I traded uh, you know uh drugs and alcohol for chishwache and so now chishwache is my new high and there's a point where you get so high that you just want to keep getting more high <laughs> so like 1700 loads was something I never thought we'd hit ever but 
because of the pandemic, we really, a lot of my friends, we all got together and, and we pushed hard and we reached out to resources to help us find firewood that, that was in, in, that was available. And um, <clears throat> so once we realized, okay, well now we can hit 1,700 loads for a year, let's try to beat that number this year. <laughs> So that's what we're trying to do. And um, so it's a matter of still pacing yourself, you know, um, making sure that um, you're you're staying, I guess, in the borders of being healthy, being active, getting your rest and eating good, I think is very important. Uh, so uh, a lot of our crew, we're pretty healthy, I think. And I think that really helps out with uh, how to balance everything because it's another part of uh, Navajo traditional teachings is balance, which is hajjo, keeping all of those uh, spirituality, mental, emotional, and mental things all in order, like a, like a, a, a human emotion of teeter-totter stuff and making sure you're always in balance. So it's a consistent maintenance. So you listen to your body, you listen to your mind, and you figure out how, how your crew's doing as well and all checking in with each other. So we... Um, are very blessed in that sense. <laughs> and uh, just another question, Lauren, I'm going to uh, ask this. If you want to answer, you can let me know. If not, then it's okay. So we had a questions um, in the in the demand of fuel and everything of the prices all going up. Do you see that as a problem in the future as you for getting firewood for Chiz for Che? I, I do see it being um, an obstacle I do see it as a challenge. Um, you know, it really depends. I mean, we've been through so much together as a group. We've been through so much um, individually, but um, we always go with the motto, if there's a will, there's a way, and making and making things come together because there's been some really difficult challenges where, you know, we didn't have a truck or our vehicles were down and next thing we know we're loading things into five cars the back of their trunks and hauling it out to elders like that so that didn't you know those type of things didn't stop us it just slowed us down a little bit and had to get us being creative and i think that's a, one of the the awesome things about being a native is always having that creative instinct um you know definitely you need to be an artist but you get creative in a way where you're like a MacGyver of some kind of, you know, mutual aid or, or what you're doing with firewood. So um, if there's a will, there's a way. And we try to think of all the different options for people as well who might come across those situations. Um, because um, a lot of times, you know, some elders, like they can't get firewood, but maybe they have firewood on their property. And so um, we'll go to their area, cut the trees that they want and then we'll we'll uh, load it load it to them from there so it's so it's just finding things out like that because uh for us too we got to spice things up all the time and you know we don't just necessarily be up in the mountains all the time we're actually on resident sites doing those type of things um or we're trying to figure out other ideas to collaborate with other organizations i mean so th there's there's always a possibility but definitely i mean we don't want to have lack of fuel issues because then mm -hmm. That's um, not something you always want to worry about all the time. And, um, you know, because like uh, I, I I mean, for my team, like they're they're happy go lucky. But for me, I'm, I'm like always thinking ahead like next year, <laughs> like what how are we going to get through with fuel? Because those are big things for me to think about, because um, I don't want to come across trying to be MacGyver in those situations because it would be nice just to get the help to them right away and get the help knowing what we need and um, pushing forward. Yeah. So, you know, just with all of what, what Lauren just said, I personally would just like to invite any native owned business, any native influencers, um, any native people that might have a connect in some way that might help with sponsorship or money. I would just ask everybody to come together and uh, Lauren's really leading the way with the work that he's doing, but it's really up to us as relatives to offer support in this work. So it could be simply amplifying a fundraiser as an influencer that might have a larger platform on social media. 
these are the things that raised his funds five, ten, twenty dollars at a time, or any native-owned business that wants to give back at the end of the year with tax dollars they might have to pay otherwise, give it as a charitable donation. He has an amazing fiscal agent that accepts money for him. But I mean, everybody out there that's listening to this today can do something. And I think one of the things that Lauren has said before, it's like putting your words into action, you know, not just talking about it. He talked, he had, he makes that quote in one of the recordings we made of him. And I think of that every single day, you know, I wake up and I think, what can I just as an individual that has a business that has a social media platform, what can I do to help support him today? Because he's out doing, like I said, the super hard, heavy work, um, the work that really just breaks his body down. Like we can definitely lift him up and support him in that. Oh, yeah, de definitely. Thank you for sharing that, Amy. And speaking of that, uh, Lauren and Amy, if you could answer this, how can our community get involved? Where can they go or how can they provide donations or any of that? Where can, where can they go? Yeah. So we've actually set up what's called a pledgling. It's an area to receive funding through his fiscal agent. And it's super simple. You can go to, you just type in keep cozy with no space between it. Keep cozy to 70, 70, 70. And it comes back to your phone with a clear click to just donate. And like I said, any amount, five, 10, 20, 100% of these funds go directly to his fiscal agent. So it's a non-charitable or it's, um, it's a 501c3. So you get the receipt back on that. Uh, and it's just an easy way for us to do a crowdfund. And, and just like it's an easy thing to share because that's an easy thing to remember. So I'm going to repeat it one more time. You text keep cozy with no space between it to 70, 70, 70 on your phone. And it'll take you to this amazing platform that accepts financial contributions and definitely help us amplify that. And Lauren, speaking of, about your donations, do, does the donations go towards like funding for your fuel or the firewood or does it cover kind of all together, all the any of the equipment or supplies you need to gather the firewood for Chish for Che? So the fundings that we get and people donate uh, all 100% goes back into Chish for Che for fuel costs is like one of our big things right now. Um, a lot of us are running diesel trucks to pull these massive heavy loads because we're looking at like three tons per load that you're that we're pulling. Um, so we have those costs. And then you think about if you were to pull three tons every day for a long time, you're, you're going to have some wear and tear on your vehicle. So a lot of that comes into wear and tear on, on uh, repair stuff. Then we have our chainsaws, which we run more than any average bear here. Um, and a lot of the bars, the chains, the things that oil, the gas for that all come into play as well too. And so those all, you know, create a lot of costs because we're always consistently using them and then we have the the ppe that we have as well which you know protects us from you know when we're doing the woodwork uh down to even the home deliveries so a lot of those things we go through a lot especially gloves and chaps and stuff and we go through a lot of those things as well uh, so this those things add up as well um other things you know just um making sure we're we got fuel in us so food is one thing and lots of water um and then things that we need to keep things going as far as like um um our mutual aid boxes because we put we put a lot of those funds into those too and making sure all the necessities are in need and those ones are very specific too because you you would think about you know ourselves right now we wouldn't think about how an elder's diet would be you know if they're um, diabetic or if they need certain foods because their teeth are missing so these are important stuff and then we also try to involve like um indigenous um foods and stuff like that too as well you know a lot of the corn a lot of the other medicines that need to go involved with the herbs and stuff so working with uh, other um, organizations that have farms and people that do a lot of herbs and stuff like that and we try to implement those too because um it's very unique in its own way because of where we come from and um, within the four sacred mountains and the, and the teachings that go into those um so um yeah um and things that we do need i mean there's we do need more you know chainsaws because we, we got 
we got a good sized crew, but at the same time, I mean, if we could have more of that, you know, we would love, uh, some more trailers, some more, like I was mentioning a helicopter earlier. That would be nice. <laughs> I was talking to forestry one time and they, 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 I was just kidding with them cause they were, they were asking me like, what's your, what's your wish list? And I'm like a helicopter. And they're like laughing because they did do that once. They said there was a forest fire and they removed some trees with the helicopter. So um, I was like, huh, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. So there's there's a lot. And for me, like, it's kind of hard for me to say a wish list because I'm so like, you know, I, I the way I grew up was like, you know, we didn't get a whole lot. And if we got anything, it was too much. And uh, so now I'm really trying to get over that. And I got good people like Amy really making me see my worth and seeing seeing how things are going and the things I really need because I, I appreciate all the support. Um, it, it really means a lot to me, you know, for, for being on this show and then also for Amy always having my back. And it's um, just a blessing to have everybody along for the ride. And I really um, want people to feel that, like, if – you're putting even just a dollar in. I mean, I, I really feel you're on the ground with us. I really feel like you're a part of this. And there's there's a big difference between just pressing the like and share versus actually doing a, a being a part of it. And I think that's one thing that I really appreciate with everybody. So even if the, the, this doesn't really like float your boat or call out to anybody that's listening, um, you know, I'm, I really appreciate just the fact that you're learning something. Um, and understanding that there's people out there doing something for elders and may, maybe it'll click in one later down the road and be like, oh, yeah, I heard of something like that, and maybe you'll come back to it. So uh, that's kind of how I see things. Never never want to force anybody to do anything. I think it's, it's the way creator comes about is um, making a pathway for each and every one of us to be where we need to be and be where we're, where we're supposed to be. So, um, yeah. I'm talking away again. Here we go. <laughs> no worries. All the information you are giving us, Lauren, is very, is very, um, is very great for the community to hear. So that they need to know all of the great work you are doing if they don't know already, and just ap- appreciate everything that you are doing in our Navajo Nation community. Thank you, Lauren. And Lauren, uh, the last question: Where can someone go to learn more about Chiz for Che, and how can someone contact you if they wanted to connect with you further? Ooh, for kinship.com, and then there's a Chiz for Che link there. For sure. Go, go there. And then that everything that's there, uh, like there's like, you, okay, this is, this is, let me see. So our friend Wade Adekai. Yeah. He's, he's a very good a friend of mine and him and I have been friends way back before Chish for Che when I was an addict and, uh, and I used to have a band back then and I toured a lot. That was kind of my thing back then. And he also had a band. So years later, we reconnected through through doing doing Chichwiche, and uh, and uh, being our vid- uh, videographer. So within a whole year of like video work, so we got a whole year of footage of doing Chichwiche stuff. So you get to see like this transitional thing of like summer, spring, winter, fall, all that stuff, and we put together this really awesome powerful video and if you go to forkinship.com and look up chish for che you'll see that video and i think that's something that i don't care if you're going to donate or not but go check that video out because that um shows the grit of our team that shows the heart of our team that shows like everything you need to see because like i'm talking yeah it's cool but check it out you get to see it for yourself you get to see the grind you get to see what we go through and i think that's really awesome so people go check that out guys uh uh for kinship.com and and then chish so you'll see all that and then we have all the information about our our pledge link stuff and then you have information about the bio of chish so in case you want to read up more on that it's all there so i just want to uh just <clears throat> listening to you talk, Lauren, all I heard was we, 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 team, team, team. 
This is somebody in our tribe that is got the biggest heart. So thank you for all the work you do. Thank you. I completely (laughs) agree with you, Amy. Thank you. And Amy, can you also mention the the number that we text for donation as well? Yes. So that I'm going to get all teary again listening (laughs) to the talk. Um, You text keep cozy to 70, 70, 70. Keep cozy with no space between it. It takes you to a really safe place that you can donate money. Uh, Like I said, 100% goes to Lauren and his team. Uh, which is an amazing space to not have any fees taken out. And yeah, we're just so blessed to to be able to host this forum because I feel that it was really just, you know, getting down to this authentic, beautiful story of our people helping our own people. We want to have more of those stories, you know, more of that kinship. So anything we can do to help, that's really what for kinship's about. And Amy, could you spell out Keep Cozy for us so our listeners can know? Yeah, sure. K-E-E-P-C-O-Z-Y to 70-70-70. So I'm going to say it one more time because I'm kind of squeaky this morning. K-E-E-P-C-O-Z-Y to 70-70-70. And it takes you to a, a pledging site that tells an expansive explanation about Lauren and his team so you can learn more some beautiful pictures that Wade took and our friend Dylan Sachs so so yeah it's just an amazing place to learn more well I would like to thank you both Lauren and Amy for coming on air today to tell us about all of the great work Lauren that you are doing in the community providing firewood for our Navajo Nation elders with the Chiz for Che campaign thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys Thank you so much. And like, uh, I'm going to add just one more thing. Like, I think uh, Lawrence, I, I think he's created a movement. You know, he started this off as just doing something where it was a service to the community to actually physically take the firewood. But what I think he's done, he's created a movement of love, of hope, uh, really just showing that these are the true warriors of our people. So I thank him for that because he's such a huge inspiration to me. Thanks for listening to Native Talk Arizona, produced through a partnership between Native Health and Radio Phoenix. Our sound engineer is Javier Quiroca, and the executive producer is Susan Levy. And I'm Lanasha Puati, the host of Native Talk Arizona. Join us again next week. If you have any questions, please email us at nativetalkaz at radiophoenix.org.